Good evening and welcome. It is Monday, the start of a new week. This is the Independence Gang. I'm your host, JV. Co-host JR tonight. And in the middle, we've got a Trish sandwich going on here. I don't know if that's if that's okay or not. I'm JR, not sure. don't tell your wife. <laughs> Oh, uh, this is what happens when I you get when you get into the middle of summer vacations and all that stuff. It gets a little harder to fill out four windows here, which is why I had thrown something out on I think on Getter, and I said if anybody who's interested in being part of the program has some views to share, we'd love uh, to chat with you. And I know several people did send some inquiries, so maybe we'll have some new faces joining us on the program here. But anyway, welcome to Trish and Jr. We've got a good program for you, as always, because there's never, never a lack of things to talk about. I want to get started right away. You know, Trish, you know your presidency is one for the record books. You determine which record books that's going to be when you get a headline like this. Biden administration working hard not to do anything stupid during Afghanistan withdrawal anniversary. Um, we've got the anniversary of the uh, debacle that was the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. And sources from the National Security Council told the media outlet uh, that, the, that uh, wrote this article, which was the Daily Wire, that the administration's goal is to avoid doing anything stupid before, during, and after the upcoming August anniversary of that of the withdrawal, that really sets the bar pretty high. Well, you, you know, you know that he's going to say something stupid like, oh, our your our flawless withdrawal from Afghanistan. You know, he's going to say something stupid like, you know, he is. And everybody's just going to freak out, which they rightfully should, because he's going to screw it up. And and Jr. we're already found out. Sorry, your wife already knows. You're in trouble. <laughs> uh yeah she's already she's coming all right she's in the getter chat already so you're in trouble oh no jr it's uh the couch tonight it's yeah it's um there it's, you go it's it's hard to believe it's only been a year because quite honestly that seems like it was many years ago that that happened but uh you know americans have, have been treated to so many disasters from this administration, whether they're economic or foreign policy, that that one almost seems insignificant anymore when at the time it was huge. It, it was. And, uh, you know, I may be forgetting some uh, semi-consequential items before that, but th that really seemed like it was the first, you know, blatant, just absolute blunder that was, you know, causing, you know, really people's lives going 180% against uh you know, historical uh, military strategy and the advice of his generals. And that 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 started the ball, I think. Uh, I could be wrong here, but I, I, I think that kind of started the ball rolling. And then it was just seemingly one after another. And now it's late, literally, uh, and I don't think I'm exaggerating, a daily occurrence of items that we basically could refer to where this administration keeps just plummeting as, as his job approval uh rating uh continues to do so so uh uh it's, it's worth noting uh this this anniversary and i'm, I'm sure it'll you know in in full form screw it up somehow yeah trish nbc news noted that the administration officials also say biden's team is particularly concerned that if marking the occasion isn't done properly the american people will be reminded of what a disaster the withdrawal turned out to be thus potentially hurting the president and his party as the midterm elections approach always political too that's the other part of this that's a real tragedy for so many reasons yet they're worried about optics in the midterms 
Yeah, they don't care that 13 American service members are dead. They don't care that Afghanis were falling from airplanes. They don't care. They, they literally don't care. All they care about is what's going to happen at the in, at the polls and in in the midterms. That's it. It's, I, you know, it's really sad because he really could say face. He really could at this point. If he gave a nice somber address and admitted that he screwed up and admitted that lives were lost because of his failures, maybe we could have some respect for him. But you know that's never going to happen. It's, he's never going to say that. So... He'll say something stupid instead, I have no doubt. You have to forgive me for one second. We have a particularly annoying troll that has entered our Gitter chat, and Aww. I just want to take a... I can't do it on my phone, Martin so I have to take a picture because I'm going to talk with the Getter people and make sure he's banned for good. For good and forever. Well, he, yeah, he's mm. deleting his... Because it already says message was deleted I, I deleted in the it. chat. I deleted you it. Delete yep, I deleted that oh, one. Oh, poor little fart knocker. Aww. <laughs> Honey, I'm sorry your mama didn't love you enough. I I'm know. sorry. So, uh, JR, um, several administration officials have been looking through and filtering calendars of all top Biden administration officials to weed out any events or engagements that could be misconstrued as, quote, tone deaf in relation to the botched foreign policy strategy. That's, again, according to NBC News. I can still see Kamala Harris standing up and in a word salad fashion that only she can offer uh, saying something that'll be inappropriate and very stupid. I, I don't know that she has the ability not to. I mean, uh, every time she gets nervous, which is every time she's seemingly in front of a camera, she covers up her nervousness with laughter. It, no matter how somber uh, or serious the occasion, she, she just is seemingly tone deaf to the circumstances surrounding her and social socially really inadequate. You know, I would hope that uh, we can come out with uh, updated information on the withdrawal from Afghanistan, that someone would do some research and report what the current status is since then, you know, talk about what happened to our uh, billions of equipment that was left there and see where if it's still there and try to track where it went it'd be it'd be interesting to see what actually did happen over the last year uh you know if there was an, a number that could be somehow um you know known or estimated from the you know who has actually been um been killed um that would be good information to know i mean i mean if you can't learn from something uh, you, you're making a second mistake. So it is, you know, I think as Trish said, a somberness to this occasion is is warranted. It's 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 like, you know, as we celebrate the beaches of Normandy, it, it's this was a disaster, and uh, it was on Biden's watch. And if he did, you know, admit certain failures that they've learned from, I, I probably would help him a bit. But I, I agree, I, I don't think he's capable of that. And 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 hopefully. Uh, more than one or two interns wrote his remarks for this uh, that it had been screened or it just could be one more abysmal failure on the world stage. Well, we'll have to see how it all unfolds, but you can bet if you're a betting person, you can bet on the side that they'll say something stupid or something insensitive. Uh, moving on, you know, your country has become a third world country when you get headlines like this. And the Biden administration has worked very, very hard. To make this a third world nation and they're succeeding. You've got Texans being told to turn down their AC and limit appliance use to avoid blackouts. 
The state faces a potential reserve capacity shortage with no market solution available, according to the uh, state energy agency in Texas. I can translate that for you, Trish. No, no market solution available means they don't have a way to produce more electricity because all of their coal, natural gas, and oil plants have been taken offline. Uh, yeah, and we all know that their windmill, their windmills are only working at 10% of capacity. They're not bringing in what they're supposed to. Um, solar isn't reliable. Um, so yeah, like th this is what happens when you put all of your all of your eggs into that green energy basket. It's you're setting yourself up for failure. And like you know, we already know in in California they've had the issues. Like they can't even keep the grid on for the AC, and now they think everybody's going to have electric cars by 2050 or whatever it is in California. Yeah, this this is never going to happen. This is a pipe dream of utopian little a little unicorns who think that everything is just wonderful and fabulous, and we're just everything's going to be green energy, and we're all going to live happily ever after. And it's just it doesn't work out that way. I don't. It's, I just have to laugh at them at this point. I'm like, you know what? You got you got exactly what you wanted. Now enjoy not having AC in Texas in the in the in the summer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Jr. Um, one of the reasons the grid is under pressure, according to this article, is obviously they're having some extreme heat. That happens. It's part of uh, weather cycles. Um, but they seventeen point four percent. And Trish touched on this. Seventeen point four percent of Texas's electricity is generated from wind power, and they're not getting any wind. So they're, they're like 15% of their power generation is not happening because there's no wind, which critics of this stuff has said all along. It's great if the wind's blowing, but what happens when the wind doesn't blow? Yeah, I, I, I got a solution. I think they just host the Democratic National Convention in uh, Texas and there'll, there'll be a lot of wind blowing. Yeah. I mean, it's problem solved. But, uh, you know... This, this push at the magnitude that I mean, we've had shows on this at the magnitude by which they want it to be achieved. There, there just isn't enough electricity in our grid because we, we haven't uh, expanded it in so long and the regulations that it takes to do that. I mean, these regulations uh, currently impact our ability to produce oil. You know, when the administration puts the restraints on things on day one, uh, don't be surprised that we, we're having issues producing more oil when we desperately need it. And and to the same extent, you, you, you can't rush these things beyond the capacity to do that. If everybody went out and bought a Tesla today, uh, I hope you like it nice and shiny and clean in your driveway because that's where it's going to sit. You know, there just isn't enough electricity to, to ramp things up as quick as they want. And I, I know we touched on New York's policy, um, you know, uh, several months ago. And they want to have electric use in construction projects, and 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 we we laughed at you know the electric bulldozers are really going to move a lot of dirt uh, <laughs> in, in one you know they're gonna, it's 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 really if you really think about it it's it's just foolhardy uh, how rapid they want to do this and uh, coupled with our incapacity to 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 handle it so uh, you know there's there's so many things that aren't practical in actuality. But it, uh, theoretically, sound great. Yeah, Stephen, our uh, getter chat points out, you know, when was the last nuclear power plant built? Which is a great question. However, I want to point something out that I've noticed in this debate. Suddenly, the word nuclear is being used. It wasn't used for decades as part of this quote-unquote solution. 
Uh, I don't necessarily call it a solution because I I don't think there's a problem. Uh, but let's use their words. They're calling this, you know, the green energy solution. And suddenly, Trish, nuclear, which was a four-letter word for a very, very long time, is now being used. And it all happened at once. Everybody got the memo. The president's using it. The European Union is using it. The uh, uh, UN is using it all at once, like all happened on the same day. Oh, what a coinkadink. <laughs> it's all it's all scripted. Like, we all know this. Um, and to answer the question, it was in um, 2016 in Tennessee. That was the last time we 2016? had 2016? Yeah, it went, wow. it went into service in 2016. Yeah, so it was probably, so yeah, so probably, it was probably, a, built it probably a 10 year construction yeah. or so. Yeah, wow. Okay. Well, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so. most people who, who uh, are concerned about our electric generating uh, capacity and who those who think that maybe we do need to avoid burning uh, fossil fuels to uh, create that electricity have said nuclear is the only solution. It's the green solution. Uh, and we should be able to be powering more electricity in this nation than we can possibly use. And we should be exporting it to Canada and we should be exporting it to Mexico and wherever else you can export electricity to, we should be doing that. That's how this nation should be handling it. And, under normal circumstances, probably would be as well. All right. Um, hang on a second. I just got to type here, say hello. Okay. So, all right. So now I'm going to play, I'm going to play a video. I don't know if you guys have seen this, um, but I'm not going to introduce it. I am just going to play it if I can find it. Where the heck is it? And um, what did I do with it? And then we'll talk about it. We're slipping. Where the heck is this video? I just saw it here. Where did it go? This is ridiculous. Is the FBI already like erasing stuff off your hard drive already, JV? I, you know what? Maybe because I cannot, <laughs> I can't find it here anywhere. Um. Okay, I found it. Here we go. Okay, again, I'm just going to play this video. I am not going to introduce it, and then we will talk about it. And I am really, really anxious. I don't know if anybody has seen this thing. I think it's kind of flown under the radar a little bit, but we'll find out if anybody has already seen it. Here we go. So there's been a nuclear attack. Don't ask me how or why, just know that the big one has hit, okay? So what do we do? There are three important steps that I want you to remember. Step one, get inside fast. You, your friends, your family, get inside. And no, staying in the car is not an option. You need to get into a building and move away from the windows. Step two, stay inside. Shut all doors and windows. Have a basement? Head there. If you don't have one, get as far into the middle of the building as possible. If you were outside after the blast, get clean immediately. Remove and bag all outer clothing to keep radioactive dust or ash away from your body. Step three, stay tuned. Follow media for more information. Don't forget to sign up for Notify NYC for official alerts and updates. And don't go outside until officials say it's safe. All right, you've got this.
Why on earth, Trish, is the New York City Public Safety Office running PSAs, public service announcements, about a possible nuclear attack? We haven't seen anything like this since the fall of the Soviet Union, probably since the 80s, maybe before that, honestly. Uh the last time I remember hearing anything like this was when I was in elementary school and middle school, and we were practicing our nuclear drills, like because it was, you know, the duck and cover and get under your and and I grew up in Colorado. So yeah, we had we had a couple of nuclear site, you know, nuclear weapons are out in the middle of the plains of Colorado. So if there had been a nuclear attack, we would have been the first people to know what was going on because we would have seen those things take off. Um, but yeah, I saw this video, I think it was yesterday, and I went, with all the problems that New York is having, this is really the top of their list to get a PSA about. We have people being cold cocked in the back of the head as they're walking down the street, people being stabbed as they're trying to open their doors. We've got, I, this is what they're worried about? If there's nuclear attack, New York City is going to be a direct hit. It's not going to be like, they're not going to hit like Cooperstown and New York's going to have some fallout. Like New York City is going to be gone. They're not going to have a chance to get inside. It just kind of, it honestly cracks me up because you know that some politician spent like a million dollar budget on this, right? They had to hire the actors, had to get a writer, had to, so you know they wasted a crap ton of, of taxpayer money to do this for, honestly, it's, it's almost New York City is a farce at this point. Like I don't, I don't know why anybody would go to New York City right now at all. Jr. My first thought lines up with what Trish just said is that this is somebody who got appointed because there's a new mayor, so got appointed as head of this office of disaster preparedness, whatever it is. And you know his big idea was, hey, let's run some nuclear preparedness ads in case we get attacked. You know we should do that uh, because it hasn't been done in forever. You know because they want to have they want to put their own mark on this office. So that's what I'm thinking happened, and maybe that's exactly what happened. Um, but let's assume for a second that maybe Trish and I are wrong about this, and maybe they know something we don't. Maybe they got a bulletin from uh, um, Homeland Security saying the threat of a nuclear attack is real, whether it's Russia because of this war in Ukraine or whether it's nuclear material that has escaped from Iran, North Korea, or another nuclear uh, armed nation and is in the hands of some terrorists. Maybe they know something we don't, Jr. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's as uh, simple as somebody had some stimulus money to spend and let, let's try to get my name on something. I, I, As you said a little bit earlier in the show, you're talking about the uh, all of a sudden nuclear seems to be the in the vernacular of, of so many. Uh, and, you know, we could go on and on about this, but, you know, w without question, we are in a weakened state in this country uh, in so many ways, respect-wise, um, Credibility-wise, um, financial-wise, with all the money we've spent and the debt we have, are our enemies emboldened? Yes, they are. So, uh, does it make sense to uh, to regenerate issues that, when I was in uh, elementary school and we had to go out and cover our heads in the hall, like that was actually going to help, but it made us feel like we were doing something and uh, checked a box that you know we were. We were doing our uh, mandatory number of drills on a in a school year. Well, maybe maybe that's what this is. But I are are we more at risk for something like this today than we were two years ago? Absolutely, right. So you know, but but I look at that 
it's almost like the smile on a lady's face in New York that's still doing all of the uh, get vaccinated videos. You know, the lady's smiling and giving us these instructions. Like like Trish said, is this going to help? By the time you get hit, you know, 10 million people in New York, um, I, I don't think that video is going to do much other than make somebody feel good. But uh, I don't think it's a coincidence at all. I, I think it's certainly... Uh, uh, required to do based on, you know, somebody's memo about current, current events. Uh, Trish, I'm going to play the ending of it one more time because I want to, the final line to me seems really, really out of place. Media for more information. Don't forget to sign up for Notify NYC for official alerts and updates. And don't go outside until officials say it's safe. All right, you've got this. You've got this. You've no, got you this. Don't. don't you worry about that nuclear missile coming into New York City because you've got this. You know how to go inside, take your clothes off, put them in a plastic bag and shower with soap and water. You're good. Yeah, because that's going to save work? you. <laughs> yep. I know. That's, 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 that's going to work. Stay, stay away from jump windows. In the East River. <laughs> unless unless oh, you geez. live in a bunker where you have concrete walls that are four feet thick. Um, I hate to break it to you. You're dead already. You are you are the walking dead at that point. Like it 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 kind of cracks again, it cracks me up how they think the reality of a nuclear blast is this. If you're anywhere even remotely close to it, you're dead immediately. Like you're not gonna even have time. You're, gonna see the black you're vaporized, you're done. If you are, say, a hundred miles away from it, okay, so you're gonna get the shock wave. Yeah. And you're going to get the fallout. You are going to die of radiation sickness quickly. Now, if you live a little bit farther out, you're probably going to die of radiation sickness, but it's going to take you a little bit longer. You may not see the effects right away. So it just cracks me up that though, if you just take a shower and take your clothes off and, and, and go burn them, you'll be fine and just stay away from the windows. Dude, who? There's a bunch of people who didn't pay attention in science class. That's all I'm saying. The bunch of people who didn't pay attention because they have no idea how radioactivity works. So I'm just, I'm just gonna laugh and enjoy. I'm gonna sit back with my whiskey and be like, woohoo! Yep, yeah. bring it. Yeah. End of the world. Yeah, Jr. Um, you can take it after this to your stories. But uh, do you remember? Uh, I remember as a kid, uh, several buildings in in your city in my in Oneonta where I was growing up. You know, had those big fallout shelter. Uh, signs on them, you know, uh, and you were told, you know, if there was ever kind of a disaster like that, you got to get inside one of those buildings. And they were the, you know, big heavy duty marble and, or, or, you know, Mason built uh, buildings that were supposed to be able to withstand something. Uh, they certainly wouldn't have uh, withstood a direct attack, but I do remember those. You don't see them anymore. Maybe we're going to start seeing those again. I don't know. I remember those signs, though, and I've I've, I've seen those. In fact, uh, you know the town you you mentioned where I, where I live, uh, up at the Job Corps site is is was uh, I don't know if it's still active or not, but it was the governor's emergency fallout shelter, right? Uh, that was built, and I think it's still up there. Um, I've never been up there, but uh, I, I'm told maybe that, we should infiltrate Jr. and do a broadcast from in there. That'd be oh, fun. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not sure. Uh, we better have an ether cable because I don't think it's going to work in there. I don't think they had those uh, built back in the 50s or whatever they put that there. But right. Anyway, uh, I, the the piece that strikes me as humorous, I mean, uh, amongst what's a so very sober topic, was uh, you know, it's all she almost winks at you. 
Uh, <laughs> stay tuned to your radio. Good smile. We, uh, l- wait for the government to tell you it's okay to come out. Boy, that's just really comforting, isn't it? Yeah. I can tell you, yeah. like, we're going to believe the yeah. government at that point if you happen to be the lucky ones, not vaporized immediately. But, uh, oh, geez, you can't make this stuff up. But anyway, let's run with uh, um, story number one here, which is uh, uh, the Biden clip here. There's a few clips with some editorial after this, but uh, basically Biden uh, uh, took to the airwaves here over the weekend and uh, basically slamming Republicans for our economic problems. And uh, the fact that, uh, of course, it was Putin's fault here for quite a while, but uh, it's, it's pretty funny. He's facing some backlash. Again, probably an intern put this out, but Republicans are doing nothing but obstructing our efforts to crack down on gas price gouging, lower food prices, lower health costs, and hopefully soon lower your prescription drug costs. We're doing everything right. Obviously, the Republicans are the obstructionists, and that's why we're in this mess, Trish. Um, are you believing uh, our president here uh, again? And does anybody believe him? And we'll, we'll run the next clip after your comments. Okay, so I'm supposed to believe that the Democrat-run House and the Democrat-run Senate and the Democrat-run executive branch aren't to blame, but it's the Republicans that are the minority that are causing all the problems. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. (laughs) That's, yeah, that's pretty much what I feel. I, I find, I, but but this is this is how stupid the average American is. I literally had somebody on Twitter today tell me that the filibuster is the tool of the majority. Oh man! And I went, what? No, the filibuster. And then so I posted a very nice article that explains what the filibuster is and how it works and how it's the tool of the minority to you know. And he his his response was, well, that was written in two thousand five. So it's not true anymore. <laughs> Has the filibuster changed since 2005? <laughs> Have I missed something? Like what? I I literally, people are so uneducated and miseducated and diseducated because like we're going to use all those prefixes today that they really have no freaking clue how anything works. Like they don't know how government is set up. They don't know how. So yes, please go ahead. Blame it on the Republicans. It was Putin, but this is this is Joe Biden who said that the, the, the buck stops with me and that when he's the president, like, so I posted, because when he posted that tweet about how it was the Republicans who were, who were blocking everything, I posted it just to, I just said, um, and then I put a copy of his tweet where he said that, you know, the president has to stop blaming other people. <laughs> I've gotten more likes on that tweet than anything I've ever tweeted in my entire life. So thank you, Joe Biden, for making mm. that my most popular tweet ever. <laughs> Well, maybe 88% of the country uh, is actually paying attention now. I don't know. But uh, you can you can throw up the next uh, piece of that, JV, if you, when you get a second there. But um, it the uh, first part of this, um, I think, is a little bit telling because it's a uh, Scott Jennings, a, watch this, CNN contributor uh, and Bush White House alumnus tweeted, 88% wrong track, 38% job approval equals good effing luck with this BS. So the, the CNN contributor here is certainly uh, not believing uh, the boss at this point. You know, Americans uh, have largely figured this out. They can continue to say what they want, JV, but uh, I, I think it's safe to say less and less people are falling for their narrative. And 
and they're looking at their pocketbook and they're looking at their gas tanks and they're looking at the debacle at the border and so many things are telling them otherwise. Yeah, and you know, when you, when you have so many failures, it's hard for people like us who talk about those failures to remember them all. Again, going back to Afghanistan, we don't even mention that in the list anymore. It was a huge failure. Baby shortage, baby formula shortage. We don't even mention that in the list anymore, but that was huge. It was ridiculous. By the way, I need to go back to this article. I don't know where you, where you got this, uh, but... The second paragraph, it says Americans know the truth, big guy. No one is buying your blame game. You and Democrats own inflation. Your policies are making it far worse, tweeted conservative political writer Kimberly Morin. That's our Kimberly, isn't it? That's our Kimberly. Oh, is it? I don't know. I'm about pretty saying. sure that it is. is. Yes. Yes. That is her. That is her. Yeah, oh, that's yes. Her. No kidding. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it, I think it was a, uh, I think I pulled it off of, um, uh, doesn't matter. Uh, That's our Kimberly. Yeah. That's the, so she's That's quoted in the article, which is awesome. Um, I saw that. I'm like, holy cow! All right, so you know, here's the thing. This is this is why it's so absurd because the Biden administration goes from one series of of blame game to another series of blame game to another series of blame games. We've got Putin's price hike. We've got oil company gouging we've got republicans fault and then we start all over again it's like a square dance like a hoedown square dance and everybody's in in the circle going around and around um you know putin's price hike big oil gouging republicans rinse and repeat that's what they're doing and no that's why nobody first of all it's none of it's true because it's it's very interesting to note that the last time that the federal government was talking about oil company price gouging was when? It was when by Obama was in office and gas prices went up over four bucks a gallon back then in what, 2010, 2011, whenever it was, somewhere in there. Oh, no, 2000, 2014, because okay, that's 14. when I got rid of my SUV and I bought my itty-bitty car. Yeah, so 2014, <laughs> that's when they were singing that song again. Why is it that oil companies only price gouge when Democrats are president? And then they don't do it for a while. Are they only greedy when Democrats are in office? Obviously, this yes. is absurd. <laughs> Obviously, this is completely absurd. It's not Putin's fault. It's not big oil's fault. It's not the Republicans' fault. It rests squarely on the shoulders of the people in power right now, and it's the Democrats. And you don't have to look any further than the number of leases they're approving, the fact that they're actually looking to ban entirely drilling in the Gulf of Mexico, the fact that they've instructed the Treasury Department to make it difficult for fossil fuel exploration and financing, to make it nearly impossible for companies to get money to support those efforts. You don't have to look very far. They are, when it comes to gas prices, which, by the way, no pun intended here, is the fuel that is uh, that is uh, propelling all inflation. You don't have to look any further than the Biden administration and their Democrat accomplice, accomplices. It's all their fault. Yep, it, it has to be because, as Trish said, they're all the ones in power. Uh, the fact that they try to continually blame the Republicans or anybody else for that matter, uh, I guess they gave up on Putin for the moment, but, uh, you know. Well, they, no, I don't think they did because today, what's her name? Karine uh, uh, Jean-Pierre, uh, was that her name? Uh, the press secretary? Whatever. She was blaming, she was back to the Putin blame today. 
So it, the weekend it was Republicans, Jr. Now we're back to Putin, and like I said, Tuesday it'll be uh, it'll be big oil again. We'll just keep going around. But I think yeah, people yeah. need to pay really close attention to what the green agenda is doing in other countries. I mean, over the weekend, two countries collapsed because they're bankrupt. That's right. Two countries, Sri Lanka and what was it? Albania? Can't it, remember the other one. Was it yes. Albania? Yeah, I think I, it, uh -oh. somewhere in the Eastern Bloc. We had another one. Yeah. So we've had two countries that have buckled completely and gone bankrupt because of this green agenda. People in Sri Lanka... I, I was so proud. I was watching the video coming out of Sri Lanka, watching all those people storm the president's palace and swimming in the swimming pool. I was having flashbacks to the Iraq war when we had like service members in Saddam's palaces swimming in his swimming pools. I was like, good for them. But like, and he's running away on a ship, you know, Navy ship to go to run away because he's, you know, resigned. And it, this green agenda is going to kill us. It's going to bankrupt us. It's going to destroy us if we don't pay attention. So I, as more countries fall under this green agenda that they have been pushing, and I think it's going to happen in Europe a lot faster than it's going to happen here because Europe caved so quickly. One good winter this winter and Europe's done because their heating prices are going to be through the roof and people are going to be freezing to death. So I, I say that we're going to have a lot of chaos coming up in the next couple months, especially as the winter approaches. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be really ugly for the, for the whole energy crisis that we're having. JV, you want to run J with number two here, which is uh, not completely unrelated to what we talked about, but it, it has to do with the strategic petroleum reserves. And uh, as we know, the, uh, the Biden administration says they're doing everything they can. Well, one thing they actually uh, did do, uh, you know, with uh, much criticism, I mind you, because we're certainly not at war and in an emergency, but with the optics to try to show that they're doing something, they uh, they, they basically uh, released uh, part of our strategic petroleum reserves under the guise that uh, this is going to uh, bring down our price of fuel in this country and, uh, and get them some uh, well-needed credit for doing something about the crisis that, of course, they created. Um, but if you look a, a little further at this article, uh, this D Daniel Turner talks about, uh, about the 1 million barrels of oil from our uh, strategic petroleum reserve was sold to a Chinese gas giant linked to none other than Hunter Biden. Um, and uh, he, he jokes uh, pretty, pretty remarkably here of all the gin joints in the world of oil companies in the world. We chose the one company in China that is linked to Hunter Biden. So um, it, it seems I, I don't I don't know how to even categorize this, but our strategic petroleum reserves they're there for an absolute emergency. That, that's part of our wealth of our country that we can have whatever we have. In the case of dire need, we are prepared. It's kind of like having you know a nice a backstop, if you will. Uh, if we need to go to war, we we can fund ourselves for a while. And to take that for political purposes, for one thing, was highly criticized. But then to find that it didn't even go completely to us, he's selling it on the world stage. And a billion barrels, a billion barrels go to, or a mil, was a million barrels go to China, and Hunter Biden owns part of the company that it's sold to. So, um, you know, if if uh, if I'm on a board, and a relative 
you know, has anything to do with a certain situation, I, I've always had to abstain, rightfully so, even if it's even a perceived one. Um, Trish, how, per how much perception do you need to see any uh, maybe links to this uh, situation that might be inappropriate? It's, it is so it's it's so illegal and so inappropriate that Joe Biden should be impeached 20 times over by now. Like the fact that Hunter Biden is going to White House events when we have videos of him floating around him with child prostitutes, him with hookers arguing about how much crack he has, with him running around naked on a beach with prostitutes. I'm like any and the fact that he's working with all of these these oil companies and energy companies in the Ukraine, which is why I, I have this running joke about the fact that Joe has to keep giving money to the Ukraine because where else is he going to launder his money? He's got he's got to keep Ukraine going because if he doesn't have the Ukraine, he doesn't have any place to launder his money because that's what Hunter's doing. This is all dirty money that the Biden crime family is siphoning through everywhere to try and cover it up. But the fact that they that one he, he sold our strategic oil reserves to China is bullshit. He should be out just for that. Like that, no, that is for us, not for China, not for us to make a profit, not for you to get a couple more points in a poll because, oh, gas went down 19 cents. I'm like, oh joy, it went down 4%. No offense, but kiss my white Polish ass. That, that doesn't make any difference to me when it's still twice what it was you know, when Trump was in office. So I don't want to hear it. When it gets back to $1.95, let me know. Then you can start like, oh, look at what we did. Yay. We put it all up, but now we put it to, took it back down again. Aren't we special? So yeah, this is just, this is absolute insanity. And the fact that nobody is calling Joe Biden out for this, nobody, not one person. I haven't seen one politician, not even a Republican. If, if there has been a Republican that has called Joe Biden out for this, I would love to see it because I have not heard one Republican call him out. Yeah, uh, that, that's a great point. I, you know, I saw that and immediately. I mean, I'm just with all the things that they've had, that they bundled. I was stunned that he would have the audacity to do what he did and then to, and then to sell it so obviously to some to uh something where his son is involved in china and we all know who, who the big guy was uh relative to that same country i mean jv is is merrick garland uh so much in the tank here that uh you know that i mean i don't know how you avoid making comment i don't know how even the republicans can avoid not commenting on this thing i mean certainly uh uh, Senator Cruz, um, being in Texas and a oil country, how how can how can somebody not say something? I, I'm just I was just stunned about it. I often wonder uh, now. Certainly, the voices aren't loud enough if anybody is saying anything. But I often feel as though sometimes things are said, but it's it's to an empty room and there's no media covering it because they don't give a shit what the Republicans say about it. They don't give a shit that Biden sold a million barrels of our strategic petroleum reserve to a Chinese oil company that Hunter Biden is an investor and an advisor for whatever he is, whatever his connections are. They don't care. And that's the that's the real sin. Let me just back up here. The strategic petroleum reserve, JR, you touched on it. Trish, you touched on it. Is, is our national reserve in the event of major catastrophe or war? Not because you're afraid the midterms aren't going to go your way. 
And that's what they're using. Biden has depleted the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. I believe it's less than 50% now. If oh. we have a very dangerous and volatile world with Iran about to have a nuclear weapon, and and we all know it's very possible that Israel could t make take military action to stop it, that could create a regional or a global conflict emanating from the Middle East. That's a real possibility. We know that the the situation in Ukraine, if, if Vladimir Putin decides to push one of those buttons and send a missile somewhere with a nuclear warhead on it, that's going to change things in a real hurry. We may very well need that strategic petroleum reserve because as hard as the military is trying, they don't have solar-powered tanks yet. So we're going to need that. And instead, and what's Biden doing? Squandering it. It's as though he, you know, found another cubby in the U.S. Treasury and just took it all. Everything was in there and just kind of scattered it. That's what he's doing to American assets, to the taxpayers' assets, to the assets of you, me, and everyone listening. That's what he's doing. I also, and 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 the reason, and you kind of posed the question, Jr. The reason he's getting away with it. I have another video that'll help explain that. Do you remember how the press treated Donald Trump? Every encounter with the press, he was hit with a lot of, and many justifiably hard questions, but badgered repeatedly, hit over the head. What's the phone call about to Ukraine? Blah, 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 you know, whatever the issue was. Here is Joe Biden's uh, a recent um, encounter with the press. Tell me if it's the same thing. Oh, that's great. I'm glad. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. Good. That's great. I'm looking for the sun, though. You look good. Bob, 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 I put a helmet on because it was a tough interview. <laughs> um, but all kidding aside, I think that uh, he saw me before. He's wearing it. <laughs> Thank you, man. I want to ride with you next time. <laughs> yeah, how, how you feeling? Oh, that's good. You look good. You look good. Oh, I want to ride with you sometime. Oh, yeah, I'll bring my bike. Yeah. That's the press interacting with Joe Biden. On the weekend that that oil story broke, that all this Hunter Biden bullshit broke, and every we all know all the other things, the long list of things that they could be asking him. The two questions they did ask him, which I cut out of that, that, that little piece there, uh, one was about sanctions on China, whether he was going to eliminate the sanctions. And the other one was about what do you say to all the women protesting abortion, the, the Supreme Court's decision on abortion. Those are the two questions. And all giggles and all smiles. And he was all giddy because he's probably talking to a couple cute young girls. The problem is these are all like 20-something-year-old reporters who have no idea what the real consequences of what they're doing and what they're ignoring are. They just don't know, JR. So none of this surprises me. And yes, he's going to get away with it. And yes, Merrick Garland is in the tank. You, we won't expect anything from him but an indictment of Trump because all he's doing is political activism from that office. Yeah, and, and I, I don't think it's lost on any of us that they had to get him back out on a bike and have him stay upright for the entire event so that they could... Uh, Put a claim. Yeah, to yeah. Let, let me show you this video. So this is him yeah, yeah. riding up. Notice that the toe clamps are gone. <laughs>
They took the toe clamps off of his pedals because he had trouble getting his foot out, which is why he toppled over the last time they tried one of these quote-unquote impromptu press uh, interactions. These, There's nothing impromptu about these. These are so staged and orchestrated. Uh, the president doesn't just stop along the way on a bike route and chat with people and answer his press. That's completely orchestrated, and they took his toe clamps off, Jr. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad they got the toe clamps off, and he still didn't manage to screw it up and fall over again. So, anyway, he uh, he's able to stay upright. It was ex- another successful weekend in Rehoboth, and uh, <laughs> and uh, as Rome another. burns here. Yeah. Yep. Can we just can we just talk about the fact that he's going that how many t- how many weekends has he actually been at the White House working? I don't know what the count is, Trish, but at one point, I think as we end, ended 2021, the count was something to the effect of 20 to 20, I think it was 22 weekends in Delaware and, you know, the balance in D.C. Uh, it was a staggering amount. He had, And I think those weekends included some Fridays and Thursdays and whatever. And I think the total was he had worked less than 50 percent of the time. That, yeah, absolute insanity. And, but I and. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, I was just going to say too, Trish. And uh, based on his public schedule, his workday, you know, might have a couple of events in it. Ooh. Compared to Trump, who was six a.m. to basically two a.m. Yeah, yeah, um, right. every day, you know, nonstop. And, and when and when he was criticized when he was golfing, he was on the phone talking to world leaders while he was doing it half the time. So again, the, the contrast between how the press. Uh, treats Biden versus Trump is just it's just again another stunning uh, yeah. realization of of the current events. So, yeah. Do you want to just? Uh, do you oh, want to? Can I just oh, go ahead? Yeah, go ahead. Real quick. So, um, I looked up the petroleum reserve and actually found a Bloomberg piece. Now we all know Bloomberg, not you know the most right leaning you know publication. Um, they're predicting that by October that we will be down to just over 350 million barrels, which is what lower than what we were back in the 1980s. We were, this is the sad part. We were sitting at about 650 million barrels and they're predicting by October, we're going to be lucky if we have 350 million. Yeah. And I think, I think it's, uh, it's authorized by Congress to be sit over, I think around 750, I think is the number. Uh, it's closer to 800 million barrels. That's full capacity. That's when it's considered yeah, to be full. And we're, yeah, we're going to be less than We haven't been full since 2010. Well, it, may, it makes you really wonder if if Congress should be involved in dropping that below a certain level because what would stop them from taking it down to nothing? Yeah. You know, and I, I mean, there seems like there ought to be some kind of a governor to that. Yeah. Problem is they can't do it now because imagine the headlines if the Republicans said you can no longer release any uh, more petroleum from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, even though there's a legitimate reason for that. That would put all of the gas price blame off of Biden and the Democrats and place it squarely on the Republicans. That's how that would play. So they have to wait till after the midterms to address that. But it should be addressed because... Yeah, I I, I, th- I think there should be a national security minimum uh, put in place if there's not, because obviously we can't trust the president to make that decision on his own. But uh, anyway, let's run to the number three here, if you want, JV. And um, we had a uh, we had a jobs report that uh, came out on Friday, 
and I think it was like 350 or 375, and it was about 100,000 jobs uh, more than uh, what was anticipated. And, you know, there, there's a lot of speculation that, well, we may be able to have a soft landing. We may be able to avoid a recession uh, or at least have a soft landing if we do. But uh, without uh, uh, belaboring that minor success that maybe he had, guess what? Uh, the Heritage Foundation came out with a report on why the way the job numbers are, are actually uh, uh, they come out with them. Uh, it's because there's a couple of different surveys that uh, are used. And with our current uh, oddity of our current economy, whereby we are talking about recession while raising rates, uh, by the Fed and with having extremely, you know, uh, what is it, three and a half, three point six percent unemployment, two things that, you know, that that don't normally align with each other. And uh, the Heritage Foundation said, well, well, guess what's unique about this current situation? There's a, there's a lot of job openings that are being filled by part time workers because they can't otherwise fill them. And thus, those same workers, Trish, have to have multiple jobs in order to, they still have to have the same amount of money they used to have. So they're working two and three jobs in some cases, um, instead of the one that they would have had in a strong economy. And certainly we're not in a strong economy right now. So guess what those three part-time jobs equate, whether you worked 10 hours a week or 40 hours a week, it counts as a job. So what we have is people working three jobs when it used to be one, and thus, the fact that we added 100,000 more jobs in this economy than they thought, uh, guess what? It may not be quite as positive as advertised. Are you surprised, Trish? No, like I, I, I vaguely remember this happening during the Obama administration when people were, he was bragging about all these jobs. And then it turns out when you actually looked at the data and looked at the jobs, it was people who were laid off their full-time jobs and were working a part-time job. And they're like, oh, but they still have a job. So it counts. Uh, not if you're the one paying the bills, it doesn't. Cause if I lost my full-time job and I only had a part-time job, um, I'd be hurting. Like I'd be losing my house cause I wouldn't be able to pay my mortgage. So I, it, it just goes back to this the only way that Biden, the Biden administration can say that they're winning right now is by manipulating statistics. That's all they're doing. They have to manipulate the numbers in the only ways that they can to make it look positive because that's what statisticians do and they get paid a lot of money to do it. And so anybody who tells me that, oh no, the, the economy is booming right now, I'm like, you are so blind to the actual data that's happening. We are in a bear market. We have record high inflation and we have rising interest rates. Those three things all happening at the same time spell economic doom. They do not spell booming economy. And anybody who's taken a basic econ, I'm sorry, I haven't taken basic econ since I was a sophomore in college. I think I took it my sophomore year. Yeah, um, no, none of this adds up. None of this is good. And as a mathematician, like I listen, those numbers, I could tear those apart up one side and down the other. They're, it's crap. It's all crap. They're just spinning the numbers however they can to make it look like Joe Biden has a win because he has no wins. He has all L's across the board. Yeah. The Another statistic, JV, is that there is, I, I think it's 11 and a half million unfilled jobs that are currently available in what is otherwise a, a tight labor market. 
So we have so we have eleven and a half million jobs unfilled. We have, you know, basically rock bottom unemployment numbers. Um, and the Biden administration telling us we'd be happy with the economy. It's the best it's been in years. Um, I, I'm not sure which, uh, well, I know which one to believe, but I, I'm not sure how uh, these statistics line up. And and I, I will say this, it's, it's you know, the, first, the second quarter earnings come out. Um, as Trish said, the stock market is down uh, significantly in bear market territory since the first of the year. Um, the earnings of companies to this point have been uh, holding up, you know, in spite of the rising uh, rate environment. So, you know, the best case scenario, because all the projections are showing that the second quarter was negative uh, earnings growth. So the definition of a, of a recession uh, will be realized come the end of July here when that, that becomes official. But, uh, you know, the best case scenario I believe is is a soft recession, a soft landing, which will last, you know, probably till the end of the year. Uh, I think that's kind of rose-colored glasses as well. And I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but there, there's just so much that's pointing the wrong direction. Well, let me um, let me first talk about these these jobs numbers because this is voodoo. This is voodoo economics. To quote, I think it was George Bush when he was uh, was it when he was primarying Ronald Reagan. I don't remember when he used that phrase, but it was somewhere on there. Um. Biden talk, and these are Biden's numbers now. And I'm just gonna I'm gonna give you a, approximates because I don't remember the exact numbers. But Biden talks about the 20 million jobs. Actually, I think this is actually a U.S. Labor Department statistic: 20 million jobs lost during the pandemic. 20 million. Joe Biden, uh, through the first half of the year, had, according to him, in his 18 months, had created 8.7 million jobs. With this last report, adding another 350,000, whatever it is, puts us over just 9 million jobs created. Joe Biden's definition of created. And he also said when this announcement was made that that officially put him put him into territory where they've gained all the jobs back that were lost during the pandemic and then some. So I'm not sure how that math works. 20 million uh, 8.7 million plus 300,000 gives you about 9 million. There's an 11 million difference here. It's kind of funny how that 11 million difference factors into this 11 million job openings that we're told about all the time. Um, I know labor markets are tight. Labor markets are tight for a couple of reasons. One is that the, uh, it's be, the, the government has disincentivized uh, people going back to work. People are finding other ways to uh, either game the system or live off the system, or in many cases, it's a gig economy too. And I, I applaud those those folks who use their skills to make money on a freelance basis. Um, but these numbers just don't add up, Jr. So let's put that aside for a second. You know, whether the, whether the job market's good, bad, or, or is kind of irrelevant, given the storm clouds on the horizon, this recession that's looming and the interest rates that we're seeing um, rise, uh, it was three quarters of a point at the last uh, Fed action. They're looking at another three quarters of a point, and it's not going to stop there. They're going to need to continue to raise rates to combat inflation. And nobody is talking about what that's going to do to the debt service in the federal budget. It is going to explode that line item in the federal budget. And how they're going to address this, I don't know. But this is going to make 
all of these symptoms that we've been experiencing from a bad economy, from a, the Biden economy, it's going to it's going to put them under a magnifying glass, and it's going to make them far more severe. I mean, Jr., you're the in addition to be our our tech guru here, you are our financial guru, and you know that when the debt at the, the size of the debt that we have right now, thirty trillion dollars plus or minus, and you start ticking up a point or two on the interest rate to service that that debt, you're talking about very, very significant amounts of money when we're already in a deficit spending situation. This is untenable. It's it's unsustainable and it's going somewhere there's going to be a significant amount of pain. I just don't know where it's going to happen. Well it's going to happen down the road and uh yeah maybe sooner not later. I mean I, I think the statistic is thirty eight percent of our national debt, of course, is when we buy treasuries and or uh, institutionals or, or individuals buy our treasuries, that's buying our debt. That's how we're funding that. And 38% are, are are basically two years or less uh, investments. So it's mass for a bit because, you know, 100% of our debt is not repriced immediately every time the Fed raises rates. It's it's masked over. And some of those are longer term. But, but you know, literally 40% of that uh, reprices every two years and uh, more than half of that 40 percent i think like 25 or 28 percent of it is on a one-year basis now when rates were basically at nothing uh, you know we should should have been financing it for a longer term than we did yeah but we had two you know we actually have too much on the short end of the curve and thus the interest that we pay on the on the 30 plus and ticking uh, trillion uh is going to start being as jv said a, a increasing amount of our of our federal budget. And guess what? Between national defense, our entitlements, and our interest costs, you know, based on current receipts, it really doesn't leave a lot of our budget. I don't know what the percentage is, but it's it's, it's a lot smaller than we realize, I believe, uh, is left for everything else. So something has to give. And if it's the Dems, it'll mean higher taxes. Uh, hopefully the Republicans can restart our economy and uh, thus generate as we've lowered taxes in the past, we've generated more more tax revenues, not less. So uh, you know, we it just underscores uh, in in an even greater way why we absolutely have to have a change come November because we've we've got to write this ship and and write it quickly. Yeah, well, we have to hope, Trish, that the Republicans actually do that. The Republicans have this nasty habit of being um, let's let's say uh, Democrat light. Uh, they're just one degree less than Democrats as far as their spending and their propensity to borrow. Um, but it's not enough to fix it if they if they just keep uh, doing what they've done in the past. Uh, the, Trump was a big spender, too. I mean, if, if you had to criticize him for something, something, I suppose that would be one of the things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I was looking up the numbers. So 15 percent of our entire federal budget is spent on interest alone on our debt. Um, and that's running us about $500 billion mm -hmm. a year, which they predict by 2030 will be over a trillion dollars a year just in interest alone. Yeah. So we're screwed. Like, I <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. My students and I were actually having this discussion the other day. I'm so glad to see so many young people now starting to be really interested in what's happening. It it hurts me that it, it had took us to get to this point. But they're actually really interested in what's going on right now. And we talk about, you know, balancing budgets a lot. I, mean, I teach a math class. So we talk about balancing equations and balancing budgets and, 
You know, they always laugh when I say, okay, does negative seven ever equal positive four? They're like, no. And then I go, yes, but only if you're in Congress, for some reason, they think if we owe seven <laughs> bucks, we have four to spend. Right. So, and the, it always gets a chuckle, but they actually start thinking about it. I said, you know, right now with our debt alone, every taxpayer owes, what is it? Some ridiculous number, like $250,000 per taxpayer or it's 300,000, some ridiculous. I'm like, who has that kind of money? Like we, we can't call, if, if anybody calls in our debt, we are screwed. We are, this country is done. We're bankrupt. It can happen in a flash. We are, we are no longer living to paycheck to paycheck. We are living on our credit cards right now like that. And that is not a place you want to be. Yeah. So I, I weep, I weep for our children and our grandchildren that are going to be stuck with this bill. Um, and if I hear one more person say that they want free college tuition and they want their student loans forgiven, I might just throat punch them. Just <laughs> yeah, this this problem can't be overstated. This is a significant problem that can has been kicked down the road. And if you look at the graph, which indicates the growth in our national debt, you know, we're we're humming along. Yeah, they were they were spending. And then all of a sudden it, it shoots up like this, you know, in the last 20 years. Um, you know, I, I don't think we broke a trillion dollars in national debt until like 2006 or something like I'm, I may be wrong about the exact time, but it wasn't, wasn't that long ago. And now we're at 30. That's how quickly it accelerated. Um, all right. So we're, we're going to uh, do a couple things that are a little bit more, I think, humorous. Um, I have some videos here of uh, clips of various Biden uh, appearances over the course of the weekend. And Trish, I'm going to ask you to uh to uh translate this one the parental price for living in a community with others is being neighbors of being fellow citizens <laughs> uh, to, to be fair i'm going to play it for you again I... Thank Here, you. there you go the parental price for living in a community with others is being neighbors of being fellow citizens <laughs> so he's talking about what? gun control legislation there um he was I, I thought he was like going to call the HOA meeting to order. I, he <laughs> at this particular press con, I think this was today. He had a heck. He this was in the Rose Garden, and there were, he had a heckler in the Rose Garden. It was one of the parents from I can't from remember Parkland. Where, Parkland, that's it was right. From Parkland, yeah, yeah. And was, he told him to shut up. I was like, "Are you freaking kidding me?" Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I could uh, listen. His his whole high school bullying tactic. It so doesn't fly anymore. <laughs> I'll take him behind this the whole like, gym. I'm going to take that behind the gym. And yeah, blah, blah, blah. yeah, yeah. Biden, you couldn't take a horse fly out behind the gym. <laughs> the horse fly would kick your ass. I'm like, I got a hummingbird. My money's up. I got a, I got a butterfly in my garden that could kick your ass. Like I, it, the guy is so feeble and that whole tough guy, jock bully garbage that he he's been playing that role for the past 50 years it's just not flying anymore so yeah no like that, that i literally had no idea if you hadn't told me he was talking about gun control legislation i never would have had any idea i would have thought he was talking about the hoa association i really i have no idea yeah jr this was a this was a cut from um the uh, uh the signing ceremony of the uh, abortion executive order it is noteworthy that the percentage of women who register to vote and cast a ballot is consistently higher than the percentage of the men who do so. End of quote. Repeat the line. Okay, so if you haven't heard the story about this, uh, at the end of that, he says, 
whoops, this is the wrong one. At the end of it, he says, repeat the line, which is just a note given to him. That's not the one either. Uh, it's just a note given to him, you know, instructions at the end of that paragraph says, repeat the line, because they want him to emphasize that line. And what does Joe Biden do? He reads, repeat the line. Repeat the line. <laughs> of course. Yeah, it's. Uh, we've already uh, had the opportunity because he held his cue cards uh, backwards uh, that we've actually been able to be enlightened by what he actually has on them. And they seem pretty elementary, but obviously not elementary enough because he still tends to screw it up, even when it's basically spelled out for him. I mean, he is basically like he's reading it for the very first time and really doesn't understand what he's saying. He's, he's simply a robot up there. And uh, the, these gaffes, are getting more and more frequent. And I mean, the, the one you asked Trish to interpret, yeah, might as well have been Greek. I, I, I didn't get any, I, I had no idea what he's talking about on that one. I mean, and, and those, and that was a Harris and uh, whoever in back there have to just stoically stand there and act like uh, they're taking the guy seriously and they, <laughs> they must be biting their lip off. Cause I they mean, can, it, they it, can I, see the words. They can see it. Yeah. They're reading it too. And they're just, you know, they, they have to be, consciously trying to not shake their head or laugh and uh it, it's it's you know it's it's one train wreck after another the thing that makes this one most egregious is he made that mistake he was uh criticized and um called out in social media for it and what did the white house do they actually went in and they modified the transcript to make it look as though he didn't make a mistake and the modified transcript instead of saying it says, uh, you know, at that end of that paragraph, end of quote, and then it would have said, repeat, repeat the line. They changed it to say, let me repeat the line and then move on. Um, so they, they, they uh, you know, here they go in and they, they change it to make him look a little less foolish than he is, Trish. Um, I've got another one. Before you comment, i got another one that I want to play uh, because this is, uh, this is also from the same uh, signing ceremony. Just last week was reported that a 10-year-old girl was a rape victim in Ohio. 10 years old. And she was forced to have to travel out of the state to Indiana to seek to terminate the presidency and maybe save her life. Did you hear what he said at the end there? <laughs> I like, And I tweeted about this. And I said, I applaud any 10-year-old who's willing to cross state lines to terminate the presidency. I am 100%. <laughs> A hundred percent behind this ten-year-old, and I will help pay their lawyer bills because darn it, that we need more ten-year-olds who are willing to cross state lines to terminate the presidency. <laughs> Gee, I, are you allowed to agree with him? Yeah, right. I found something I, I agree with him on. <laughs> I know, right? Like, and the fact is that whole story about this ten-year-old that crossed state lines—it's all shit. It's all garbage. There's no police report. There's no anything. You have a doctor claiming that they, well, doctors are mandated reporters. If they know a 10 year old has been raped, they have to call the police and report it. So whoever this doctor is who saw this child should lose their license because they did not report the rape of a 10 year old child. And the fact that nobody's talking about what happened, what, what about the rapist? Was he charged? Was yeah, he, right. No. All they're talking about is that the 10-year-old has to cross the border so she can kill her unborn child, who is also the victim of this rape as well. This unborn child has done nothing. They don't deserve to be executed for someone else's crimes. Like I, 
the whole story, it just, it reeked from the get-go and it has now fallen apart completely. There's, there are Twitter threads left and right about how nothing adds up. There's no paper trail. Reporters have been blocked by the doctor because they're calling the doctor saying, hey, can you verify this? Have you, did you call the police? And the doctor won't speak to anybody. And I'm like, so you know it's all fake. You know it's all fake. It's all mm-hmm. this. But the Biden voters are too stupid to do their homework and realize that they're getting played because they're easily emotionally manipulated. They don't ever stop to say, wait a minute, that some of this stuff doesn't make sense. How, how is it possible that a 10-year-old got raped in one state, it was never reported, and then they went to a different state? Wait, what? No, 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 no. And saw by another doctor who also didn't report it? Like, no, some, no. Something does not smell right. But the Biden, Biden voters are extremely emotional. They are not critical thinkers, unfortunately, and they run completely off emotional manipulation and gaslighting. And that is what this administration is excelling at. Emotional manipulation and gaslighting. Uh, two points that I want to add to this, uh, JR. One is that um, I'm not sure which one I'll make first. Do you remember, as a resident of New York State, JR, do you remember, and I can't remember if it was Hochul or if it was Cuomo, told us that if we didn't like the gun laws here, we could move. And in, uh, and I think they said the same thing about taxes. If you don't like them, you can move. Well, not to be harsh, I, I'm we're pretty confident this story about the 10-year-old girl is fabricated. But in the, in the slight chance that there's some truth to it, I don't want to be harsh to this 10-year-old girl who is clearly suffering. But if crossing state lines to get it taken care of is the hardship that you have to go through, I'm not, there's not a whole lot of sympathy from me because my governor told me if I didn't like the gun laws of my state, I could just move to a state that, to a gun state that, where I did like the laws and they don't have to say it, but the amount of tax burden that New York state is placing on me, it's kind of forcing me to decide to move at some point as well because it's un, it's, it's ridiculous. So it's kind of the same thing, just unspoken. Um, I don't know if do you do you remember any of that? And again, going back to the the burden of crossing a state line is not that big a deal. Well, I mean, there's there's so many facets of this, but but that's why we have individual states that can create the state that that they choose. And uh, as New York has been prone to do for quite a while now, they're a they've chosen to be a high tax state, high benefit state. And guess what? People have done. They voted with their feet. I mean, for the last decade, we've we've been in the top five in net migration loss, and people are leaving to the point where we've lost representation in in Congress. So, uh, you know, again, not to be insensitive to it, and and I'll I'll just say this: this was this was a single source news item that the willing press was very eager to just jump on without doing their their homework. And uh, I remember not that long ago, uh, some guy that we all knew, uh, Dan Rather, got basically ended his career by jumping on the uh, the uh, George Bush DWI or something in college, uh, whatever it was there, and uh, he was done. But if that was the standard whereby we held the press today, we wouldn't have nearly the press that we had because that you know that standard seemingly has has gone out the window. But I. I can't remember if, if it was Cuomo or, or or as we all call Hulkle, we call her Mrs. Cuomo because she's basically <laughs> right. him on uh, on steroids. But uh, you know they basically uh, him on made, estrogen, whatever. <laughs> 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 yeah. So so 
So you know what? Uh, people need a uh, some kind of surgery. I mean, that isn't available in this country. Or I remember I remember people going to Canada for laser surgery back 15 years ago because it was so much cheaper. That's what you did. Yeah. You know. I, I mean, these type of issues are not uncommon. Yeah. And again, I don't want to be insensitive to it either. But I, I think the story, from everything that's now leaking out about this, uh, I, I think this is a fabricated story. Yeah. Um, when my mother was sick, I was forced to look into other states to find uh, some options for her because I couldn't get what I needed in New York State. You know, it wasn't that it was illegal. It just wasn't available. And, uh, and she needed a liver transplant. And the, the, the list in New York was far longer than the list in some other states. So I had to look into other states. Either way, um, I'm going to play this one. This doesn't need a whole lot of comment, but just watch him how he ends this particular sentence. 10 years old, 10 years old, 10 years old, 10 years old. God, if looks could kill Trish. <laughs> Ten- no, he's, see, this is my whole thing is he has dementia. And so his anger, this is my whole thing, is like, does he really think that this is the first 10-year-old who's been raped? I mean, I hate I hate to break it to him, but when I was a kid, we had a 10-year-old girl in my town that had a baby. This was not uncommon, 10, 11, 12. We had a lot of migrant workers coming up from Mexico, and they started having babies as soon as they could. Like, that was not unusual. So for him to be like 10 years old, I'm like, well, yes. Is that too old for you and Hunter? Like what, what, why are you so pissed? Like what he, he just, his anger is at, it's not even focused on the right source. You know what I mean? Like if he said, how could someone do this to a 10 year old? How could this rapist do this to this child? Then I could see the anger, but that's not what he's saying. He's just putting the emphasis on the age, 10 years old, 10 years old. Well, I hate to break it to you, Joe, but we got girls that are in kindergarten who are starting puberty already because we have pumped their food full of so many estrogens and chemicals and all this crap. We have girls going through puberty at five and six years old now. Like, this is completely abnormal. And so rather than focusing on the fact that she never should have been raped in the first place, why aren't we focusing on that? Like, why aren't we if if you really are against rape then let's start like taking these rapists out doing a little drawing and quartering and like putting them out on display in the public square like you really want to you know show these rapists that this won't be acceptable no what are they focusing on oh she had to travel across state lines to get an abortion which again if you look at long term you're going to cause more damage to this girl because now not only does she have the guilt of being having a rape but now when she realizes what happens, she's going to realize that she also had a baby that was killed. Like, this is horrible. Like, you doing that. Ten years old, you're not, they don't have the emotional capacity to understand what's going on. So one day they're going to realize, oh, my God, I had a baby and it's dead now. And they killed it. And I never even got a chance to, like, that emotional scarring from this is even worse. So I, I don't. Number one, I don't understand why they think aborting the baby is going to help this girl in the long run. Because you're you're now killing another victim of the same crime. So you're killing the child for the sins of the father, which I'm totally 100% against. That's not 
We don't do it that way. I understand that this birth will be difficult. I mean, I, there are many countries that have banned, like the Philippines has completely banned abortion. And there's a great doctor I follow on Twitter who was discussing about the fact that because abortion is banned and child rape is so prevalent in the Philippines that they often have 10 year olds who come in and they have this whole psychological thing that they help them through it and they have counseling and, and that's what we should be doing. We should be offering all of this mental health support, but that's something we don't do in this country. We don't give mental health support. We wanna take care of the symptom. We want it to be gone and we want it to go away as quickly as possible. And that is just a symptom of a greater problem that this country has. JR, this next clip uh, has, is a little more serious, and uh, I want you to offer us, and I'm being serious here, it's, it's, it's not a joke, um, I want you to offer us what this means, because this is a short sentence, but it has a great deal of meaning. We need two additional pro-choice senators and a pro-choice House to codify Roe as federal law. What would, what would having two additional senators allow them to do? Well, if they were going to pass it under normal circumstances, they would need more than two. They would need a total of 60. So what does it mean? And, and Well, it means that a uh, friend of the minority, Trish, uh, the filibuster, has to go away, I would say. And the two, I would read, meaning Manchin and Cinema, probably aren't going to be on board. So he needs two more to cover for them. Um, but the filibuster, obviously, uh, they have their sights on so that they can pass this with with a simple majority and uh you know again for being on the wrong side of the fence uh to try to sur circumvent basically what the supreme court has ruled as the uh law of the land based on the constitution and he's going to play politics with this as well just because he happens to be on the wrong side of the fence and uh you know uh the old quote, elections have consequences. Well, obviously, the Supreme Court, uh, something happened there under Trump that allowed uh, this to be uh, addressed. And uh, his solution is to throw out however many years that filibuster has been there. I don't know when that started, but it, it's been there forever. And uh, even even more the, you know, the mansion cinemas of, of the of the Democratic Senate are, are on record for saying that they're not getting rid of the filibuster. So uh, you know, short of short of adding states like uh, D.C. and uh, Puerto Rico and creating uh, more senators, uh, I don't I don't you know see how he could be meaning anything but that. Yeah, and Trish, you have to also take it a step further. He's basically saying there, as Jr. pointed out, that he is ready to nuclear filibuster for the abortion issue. But you have to assume it would not end there. If the Democrats got two more senators that were willing to eliminate the filibuster for abortion, what about the court packing issue? They've talked about that, eliminating the filibuster for that. They've talked about eliminating the filibuster for many issues, voting voting rights, whatever they call it. Uh, and so you know damn well it wouldn't stop with just the abortion legislation. It never does because they they it, they've made it very clear. The D, I mean, it, it, it is in the DNC platform to make D.C. a state. It's, if you look on their website, it's on their national platform. They want DC to be a state. They want Puerto Rico to be a state because they both are Democrat. They, they will give them two more Democrat each. So that, that's four extra you know, Democrat senators. So that, this, this is what they want. they want. They want power and they want control. They don't want what's best for the American people. They don't want, I mean, 
even if you look at the way the United States is now, as far as abortion rights go, we're still way, way more flexible than Europe. Europe is very strict on their abortion laws. So I'm like, I, I don't understand again, but I think it just goes, it, it just goes back to the fact that the Democrats are very emotional. They don't think using, you know, common sense or logic, they're just emotionally manipulated and very easily pushed to one side or the other. And, you know, it, it, and the reaction to this Roe versus Wade being overturned is, is a perfect example. These women running around saying that their reproductive rights have been taken away. No, they haven't. The only thing that the Dobbs decision said is that it's not federal law. There's no constitutional right for abortion. It's not in the constitution. Therefore, it goes back to the states. So if you're in California, you can still abort your baby. If you're in Colorado, you could be in active labor and you can still have your child aborted. So for me, like that's, I'm like, no, I'm very glad that I'm in Florida and we're still down here. We're still pushing 15 weeks. No way. I, you know, I wanted, I, if I had it my way, no, like there wouldn't, there wouldn't be any at all. So I, not when we have 23 different types of birth control and you can go to the 7-Eleven and pick up Slurpee, some Cheetos and some condoms. Like there's zero reason for abortion. I'm sorry. Like there's, there just isn't. So, so I, you know, good luck. The new, the new Harris, did you guys all see the new Harris, um, Harvard poll that came out? Was it yesterday? Today? I think it was today. Um, that says there's a super majority of Americans who want restrictions on abortion. Like, they don't want unrestricted abortion. It's a very, very small minority of people who want unrestricted abortion. So I, people are smart enough uh, to recognize that when you get into twenty weeks, you know anything, anything after that, uh, that you are, it, it's infanticide. People are smart enough to recognize absolutely. that, and no one in their right mind can support that if they're in their right mind, and. That's why the Democrats have so overplayed this. If they were reasonable about, reasonable about this, it may, there may be a very different conversation going on. But as you pointed out, Trish, they're not reasonable about they're it. Not. They want to be able to abort the baby. They want partial birth abortion. They think that's perfectly fine. My God. It's my body. How can, I should be able to sell its body parts and it's make my a profit, body as it, they pull as they pull the other body out of me and then kill it. That's still my body somehow. The whole thing is yeah. absolutely barbaric. And if they weren't so unreasonable about it, the, some common ground, some middle ground probably would have been reached a long time ago. Right. If if they had kept it safe and rare, then I I probably wouldn't have a problem with it. But the problem is. It's not safe for the human beings that are being killed, and it's not rare anymore. I mean, when we're having almost, what was it, almost a million abortions in this country alone last year? A million! That's not rare. That's genocide. I mean, yep. there's no other word for it. So, I, yeah, I. but you, you will never have a rational, logical, unemotional discussion about abortion with a pro-abortee. They're just, they're not rational Logical I'd people. love to you have a room of, of pro-aborties, as you put it, uh, in, uh, in a room, in a theater, and play for them some of the video of these babies being aborted and watching them react to the pain. Then let's hear what they have yeah. to say. Let, the, let, let them talk I'll about it then. They'll deny it's not human. They'll deny it's not alive. They'll deny that it's not a pain reaction. It's just a reflex. Yeah. They'll. I'm, listen, I have heard every unscientific piece of garbage spoon about this topic, as you can imagine, on Twitter. It... Twitter is the, it's the, literally the seventh ring of hell when it comes to the pro-abortion and pro-life debate. I mean, it's, 
it's truly appalling. I mean, I could just, I could show you a million screenshots that I've taken of people like today, literally had a person say on Twitter to me, well, if it, if it, if it lives, it lives, if it dies, it dies. Oh, well, yeah, it's like, un unreal. What? unreal. like how, how, how sociopathic have we gotten as a society that we can't even recognize human life? Yeah. Like that. This explains why we have people getting stabbed in the back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People being pushed down flights of stairs yep. in the subway. People being randomly attacked. And, you know, seven teenagers killing a man in Philadelphia, a 72 year old man in Philadelphia, by beating him to death with a traffic cone. We have a whole society that does not value life at all. They see every single person as disposable. They see them as a thing, a plaything for them to play with. They don't see them as a person. They don't see them as life. It's absolutely, it's absolutely appalling. And our society is decaying at a rate that I can't, I couldn't have imagined. I mean, honestly, I thought back in the eighties when all these Christian conservatives were, ah, oh, you can't allow gay marriage because then pretty soon you're going to have, you know, naked people parading around the streets in front of your children. And we're like, yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> I know it's prophetic. And I went, I go back to, Hey, my grandparents said, Oh, don't let rock and roll. Uh, don't let our kids get into rock and roll. It's going to ruin society. Maybe they were onto something too. I don't know where I... it actually started, but maybe we need to look into this. It was Elvis. <laughs> it may very well have been Elvis as a huge Elvis fan. I'm, I'm admitting that's a possibility. All right. Well, on that happy note, I think it's time to call it. Uh, thanks to everybody for joining us. Uh, it was it was fun uh, just having the three of us on tonight. Trish, thank you. Jr. thank you for all the work uh, to be co-host tonight. I appreciate it. And Foxy Lady and I think Tiny Ninja both uh, made some uh, cookie contributions in the in the Foxhole chat. Thank you for that. Uh, any last thoughts, words, anything you guys want to add before we check on out of here? Make sure you're registered to vote at your current location. And get out there and vote. You got primaries coming up, people, if you haven't already had there. So get out there and vote. Always good information. Yeah, hit, hit the like button, right? JB, all, all that kind of good stuff. Smash, uh, smash check, the like button. Check out the website. Uh, look at the merch shop. Uh, support the show. is all greatly appreciated. JR sort of sound uh, a little I, bit uh, like a carnival barker over there. I, you know. <laughs> Step right up. I, I was, Step I was, right up. I was going to throw on my Independence Gang uh, T-shirt tonight, but I didn't get back in time to change. So <laughs> next, anyway, time. next time. All right. Again, everybody, thank you. And as JR said, share, like, follow, and subscribe, and we'll see you all next time.